Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Okay, here we are. Tuesday, October 18th. Two matchups to kick off the 2022-23 NBA season. It's Joel Embiid, James Harden, and the 76ers going on the road to take on the defending Eastern Conference champion, Boston Celtics. And then we got ring night in the Bay Area. The Warriors hosting the Lakers under brand new head coach Darvin Ham. And here we go. NBA season tips off tonight. Real games, and- real action. Everything is real beginning tonight. Finally. Everything's real. Everything's Finally. real, Brian. This is your time of the year because we've mentioned this so many times, but like I love watching the games. I do get caught up sometimes with the uh, off the court stuff, shall we say? You are all about the action on the hardwood. I am. I'm all about that action boss. And I'm looking forward to seeing how this season plays out, man. And it's crazy. We're in mid-October, you know, we're fast approaching just the the the, the whole uh, what are we gonna call it? the spectacle of the NBA season. And, uh, you know, things kick off for everybody pretty much the next couple of days. So I'm looking forward to seeing what teams are going to surprise us, what teams are going to fail the expectations, what teams are going to live up to the expectations, what teams are going to surpass expectations. It's just such a fun time of year because it's just there's what's the word you use all the time? Hope, right? Hope, hope, hope for a lot of people and a lot of fans of teams and whatnot. So it's this time of year where everyone's competitive. No matter no matter what your situation is, the first couple weeks of the season, you're competitive. I, I don't think that there's any argument against that. Even the bottom dwellers are competitive. Like I could see San Antonio winning their first game. <laughs> you know, like it's 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 something that's really special about opening week. And there's just that that tingle. In, in your eyes and in, in your body that you're just ready to go and rearing to go and the adrenaline. You know, I even asked Donovan Mitchell today at Cavs practice. I was like, you know, how do you combat like jitters, you know, of opening day? And he's like, well, if you're not feeling any jitters, you're not feeling any butterflies, then I don't know if you're really passionate about this game. And I think we could say the same about us as media and fans. There's just like, of course you're going to be excited for this. Now, with the new season, 
Does that mean a new setup for you at home? Because there are nights like uh, tomorrow night, Wednesday night, where there are 12 games. Do you have a new setup to where you can watch more games at the same time on busy nights like that? So I have two TVs in the living room. That one right there is is probably the best way that I could go about it. I have a laptop. Maybe I could stream on my phone. I could get up to four games at once if I wanted to, probably. But the ideal setup is having two TVs on, keeping an eye on the old box score, switching around. I think I do a decent, pretty uh, decent job of keeping up with all 30 teams around the league. You know, it's tough when you're really trying to pay attention to one team in particular because, I mean, I have a close relationship with the Cavs and I closely cover the Cavs, but I also do want to keep, you know, my footprint and my, you know, focus on the rest of the league so I can know what's coming in and I can, you know, follow along with great storylines. I've met so many great people from different organizations and, you know, it's just, it, you know, you can't be like favored towards one and, and cover a fa- cover favor towards one if that makes sense. So, yeah, I always have a game on in the background every time, every time, man. What makes it even more difficult, and I'm going to be completely transparent, is if the Guardians win today, it's going to be another screen I'm going to have to find for them in addition to the NBA opening week. So it's it's a crazy time here right now, but it's it's a fun one. And again, I can't wait to get started. And uh, for everybody, this is Keep It in 94. Spencer Davies, Brian Fritz. Another episode brought to you by the BasketballNews.com podcast network. Just had to get that plug in right there. Had to get that name drop because we got so anxious and ready to talk that we just started talking over it. But uh, yeah, I'm, I'm really... Really, really, really looking forward to this, and um, we're going to revisit our predictions that we made last week. Uh, you know, we've got a lot of stuff, uh, you know, that I I think we got to last week, but, you know, a few tinkers here and there. We're going to talk about the recent extensions that were signed and some that weren't signed, and then, you know, just some stuff to look out for uh, in the first couple weeks of the year here. I came up with the premise the last week. As we gave our predictions that we needed a rough draft because we were going to do the podcast before the game started. And before everyone else, we, 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 we did everything. We did, we did everything a week in advance so we could show our work, but But there were some tinkering things that you did that I didn't tinker too much. There were some things I wanted to sit and marinate on and maybe rethink and redo. And that's, why we did it a week in advance and why we're doing the podcast today is because once the season starts, you can't do it. But since the season hasn't officially started yet, we can tinker. And that's what I did is I went through and I tinkered a little bit when it came to how I thought some teams were going to finish in their conferences. Now for you, are you making any changes at all? I mean, one change and it's quite, quite minor. I am sticking to my guns, Brian. I am going in with the same mindset that I went in with last week. I've already done my explaining. If you want me to do more explaining, I will. But I made one minor, minor, minor change. Very minor. Colossally minor. What is that? I flipped the Mavs and the Timberwolves. Oh. That's it. So the T-Wolves are now what seed? 
So the Mavs are my eight seed now, and the T Wolves are the nine seed. Okay, that's it. That's the only thing I change. I have a few more changes. I had sneaking suspicion that you would. Okay, so last week I talked about how I wish I had the guts to put the Miami Heat lower because there's just something about the Heat and who's PJ Tucker, year older, things like that that I kind of wonder about. Well, I moved them down, so I kept my top four in the East: Sixers, Bucks, Celtics, Raptors. And by the way, my five teams that do not make it into the play-in, those stayed the same. So what I changed was, before, I had the Miami Heat five. Well, I'm knocking them down to seven. So now I have the Nets at five, the Cavs at six. I put the Heat at seven. I still have the Hawks at eight. And I flip-flopped the Knicks and the Bulls. So I put the Bulls nine and the Knicks 10. Okay. Now in the West, I made one change. You dropped. I see who you dropped. I made a change <laughs> on one team that I did not have him making into the play-in game. Yes. And, and I switched it. Oh, I did it. I said I wasn't going to do it. I said, you got to prove it to me first. And I just, I stared at this so long, ah! I could not put the Trailblazers into the plan, and I had to go with the Sacramento Kings getting into the plan. Welcome. I had to do it. Welcome aboard. I am aboard. Yes. So I knew that would thrill you. Here's, here's some of my other ones I made. So I, I changed the West a bit. Originally, I had the Nuggets as the top seed followed by the Clippers and the Warriors. I changed that. I put the Warriors first, the Nuggets second, and the Clippers third. I'm big on chemistry, the defending champs. They still have all their parts. I know about the problem with Draymond, but I think that can get past that. The Clippers, I still don't know how many games Kawhi's going to play or Paul George is going to play. and uh, I think that might cost them a few games during the season. We'll see how that all works out there. I'm still high in the Clippers, but I just knocked them down a couple of seeds. Now, here's where I also made a big change. I had the Pelicans at nine. I moved them up to six. I kept the Timberwolves at seven. I kept the Mavericks at eight. I had the Lakers at six before, and now I have them at nine. You had them going from the playoffs to being a bottom-tier play-in team. Here's why. Oh, boy. Here we go. The reason is because I actually paid attention and thought, all offseason, all we've talked about with the Lakers are, once again, they're bringing in a lot of guys that are on one-year contracts that have not been on the team before, so there's no chemistry. They still don't have any shooting, and they still don't have any wing defense. I understand if you have LeBron healthy and you have Anthony Davis healthy, that's a huge plus to have both of them. But it doesn't completely overcome those other issues. And I can't sit here and say that's going to wash away all the other problems if those guys are healthy, which is a big if. So I have to look at where this roster is made up right now. 
They can't shoot. They don't play wing defense. It's going to be a while before they build any chemistry because so many new faces are there. And I can't put them at six. I have to knock them back. I have to put them at nine. And they're already a little bit banged up to begin the season. I mean, who knows what the rotation was going to be, but whatever whatever lineup they were even going to play, they haven't even used that starting lineup in six preseason games. Then now they're going to start the season like that. This is a team, too, that if you've seen their body language last year and a little bit in the preseason this year, it's the biggest thing that Darvin Ham has to focus on is getting this team to play hard on a continuous basis because they're going to have problems shooting. We know this. There are going to be nights where there's bad shooting. There's going to be a lot of those nights. And this team gets very frustrated very quickly. And they will pout. They will put their head down. And the next thing you know, they're down double digits. And it's a deep hole. And they're not going to be able to dig out of it. And we're going to see that a lot. And I think that that's the biggest thing that Ham has to work on for this team is don't get down on yourselves. Do not get frustrated. Keep playing hard. And I think that's going to be tough when, you know, you're out there chucking threes and you're, you know, four for 32 and you're getting frustrated and it shows on both ends of the court. Four for 32, huh? How about right. six for 32? Is that better? I was going to say, that's a little rough. That's a little rough. That's, that's literally, I believe. No, I, I'm not going to even. Four for 22. That. Okay. That, 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 there you go. Maybe they're not taking as many threes. Um, Can okay. they make a trade right now? Or <laughs> Oh, geez. Here we go. Uh, so did you change any of your award winners? I thought about that, but no. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stay with my award winners. Okay. And I'm keeping with my picks for who's going to play in the conference finals and who's going to win the championship. Okay, there you go. Did you change uh, anything else? No, I didn't. No, I didn't. Um, so we can just run through these real quick, and then we can do a, a plug and then go on to the extensions. Uh, but, all right, here's your top 15 in the East. It's the Sixers, Bucks, Celtics, Raptors, Nets, Cavs, Heat, Hawks, Bulls. Knicks, Pistons, Wizards, Magic, Pacers, Hornets. In the West, you have the Warriors, Nuggets, Clippers, Suns, Grizzlies, Pelicans, T-Wolves, Mavs, Lakers, Kings, Thunder, Blazers, Rockets, Spurs, Jazz. Yeah, I didn't even, before I had the Blazers in the play-in, and now I knocked them all the way down to 12. Yep, there you go. Change that up. In your conference finals, you have the Nuggets and Warriors and Bucks and Sixers. You then have the Bucks winning it all. Um, over Beating the Warriors. Over the Warriors, which, interesting, because uh, Nikias Duncan said the same thing. We'll get there in a second. Uh, MVP, you have Giannis. Rookie of the year, you have Paolo Bancaro. Defensive player of the year, you have Bam Adebayo. Sixth, player, sixth man of the year, you have Jordan Poole. Most improved, you have Cam Johnson, which I thought was a very unique pick. Uh, and then coach of the year, you have Ty Lue. And on to me. Mine is a little different from Brian's. Uh, I have the Sixers. I have the Celtics, Nets, Bucks, Cavs, Heat, Raptors, Bulls, Hawks, 
Pistons. Pistons is my last playing team. That's my, Nick my surprise of the year. Nick Bain's going to hate you so much. That's my surprise of the year. Uh, Knicks, Wizards, Magic, Pacers, Hornets. Yes, I have the Hornets as the worst team in the East. West, I have the Warriors, Clippers, Suns, Nuggets, Grizzlies, Pelicans, Lakers, Mavs, Timberwolves. That's my big change. I had the Timberwolves at 8th seed and Mavs at ninth seed. I just flip-flopped them. Uh, Kings as my last playing team in the West. I did that before it was cool. I did that last year. It didn't work, so we're going to try it again. Uh, Blazers, Rockets, Thunder, Jazz, Spurs. My conference finals, 76ers and Nets, Clippers and Nuggets. In the finals, I have the Nets and the Clippers. And I said that the Clippers were going to win it all. Most valuable player, Joel Embiid is my pick. Rookie of the year, I have Paolo Bancaro followed by Keegan Murray. Benedict Matherin, another one to keep your eye on. He's had a very good preseason. Bam Adebayo is my defensive player of the year. My sixth man of the year is John Wall. And now that is solidified because Ty Lue just announced that Reggie Jackson will be the starting point guard for the Clippers. Most improved player, I have Tyrese Halliburton, followed by very closely a Cade Cunningham. And then coach of the year. Ty Lue is also my pick. I was really hoping that you were going to change your sixth man award winner to Russell Westbrook. Oh, God. You just can't talk about the Lakers just for one second. Just, 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 He's going to be coming off the bench. I thought maybe you'd make that change. I don't know. Pat Bev said today otherwise on his podcast. Oh, did he? Said he, he, need, he needs, his, needs his guy in the starting lineup with him. Well, so he's said. not making the choices. He's <laughs> that starving Pat, Bev, Pat Bev's already overstepping some boundaries, huh? I guess. Shocking. <laughs> but, <laughs> hey, basketballnews.com, go and look at Nikias Duncan's season and award predictions. Uh, I'm, I'm happy to report that, you know, four of my six picks of, for those awards were actually his, too. And that was before he came out with them. So uh, I'm interested to see, you know, what uh, what he has on his list. I edited the article and I saw some of it, but I did not go and brush through the whole thing um, all of that, you know, thoroughly. So you guys definitely go check that out. He also has a great podcast, uh, with Doris Burke and uh, of course his co-host Steve Jones Jr. Uh, that they came out with as well today. So make sure you go check those things out and, uh, basketballnews.com of course, but yeah, so that's the season and award prediction stuff for us. Didn't get into all NBA first team, second team, and defensive teams and rookie teams. That's just a little too complicated for me. <laughs> but he did. So check that article out. And uh, yeah, uh, we will continue our conversation with Brian and me right now and get into some extension talk. That's cool. A lot You're of money showed up. all over that over the weekend. I was. I mean, I was putting that stuff up on the website. There was a lot of money being shelled out. And I think I wasn't surprised by it, but I think some people were. And it happened on the same day in that the Warriors extended both Jordan Poole and Andrew Wiggins. Yeah, the same day. One got $109 million, The other one got $140 million, correct? Uh, Poole? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what he got. But I think I think it's a little bit less when it comes to guarantees than he can sure. get up to 140. I when I saw the number for Wiggins, I was a little bit surprised because I thought it was going to be closer to what Poole got. Because you can make an argument that Wiggins was their second most valuable player in the playoffs last year, especially in the finals. And uh, I thought they would get the deal done with both of them. 
but I thought he would get a little bit more. And for him to get 109, not that that's chump change, but I, I really thought it was going to be closer to what Poole got was going to be uh, was going to be the number. But those rookie max extensions are always tricky. They are always tricky. I think that you know Wiggins. Based on role, yes, his importance to the team is more, but like based on role and then based on, I think that they are looking to cash in for more years, you know, like, and it was less about the average annual value. Whereas Poole, he saw a Tyler Hero guy. He's like, all right, I'm getting that for sure. Like that, that I think was probably the basis for his negotiations, if I had to guess. Yeah, I think so. And plus, Wiggins is very happy with where he's at. He went out of his way to even talk about that, saying, I don't want to go anywhere else. I'm very happy playing here. I like my role. So I think he was, you know, happy with that number. Plus, he's already gotten, you know, a a max deal. So for him to get a little bit less than what he could have gotten, I think he's... he's And you're still making what? 26, 27 a year. I think that's, you know, that's probably... Oh, yeah. About right where his his wheelhouse is. But I get what you mean. I get what you mean, like, especially because he was so important to that championship team. I, I 100% understand where you're coming from. Now, I think some people are wondering, I mean, the big reaction off of all of that when it comes to the Warriors was, oh, well, Draymond's not getting, you know, his extension. He knew he wasn't. He's been saying this. He has a player option for next year. We'll see if he opts in. I think that's going to be a big question it's for 20 incredibly transparent about it for sure yeah but i mean i think everybody there's a lot of people that expect him to opt in i don't know if that's going to be the case because it only takes one other team to offer him three or four years for you know 25 million dollars a year or whatever uh so we'll we'll see what happens you know coming up this offseason but regardless even if he does opt in, I think there's a lot of people that are believing that his time with the Warriors could be coming to an end where they could trade him in the offseason or you know, next year would be his last season with the Warriors considering their tax bill is going to be so high. Yeah. I'd I don't know. It, it, Bob Myers has kind of been like, we know what our bill is. We know it's, what a we pretty, can- it's a pretty complicated situation if you think about it. And you also think about what Clay's making, you think about what Steph's making. Clay's got an extension coming up as well. And well, the thing is, like, you're going to have to pay Looney soon. Yeah. Well, I mean, he just got an extension, but that's true. But but, I mean, like, you know, that contract's going to kick in. Sure. But I mean, next year, if you count Draymond opting in for 12 players, not for 15, for 12 players, if you count their tax bill and everything, it's over 500 million. Mm hmm. So that gets very rich very quick. I mean, they're already over 400, but. Good old luxury tax. I mean, we don't know what's going to change. Remember, we've got a new CBA that's going to be coming. Uh, We've got new television rights deals that are going to be coming in a couple of years as well. So we can sit here and say, well, they're not going to pay all that. Well, we don't know. We don't even know what the rules are going to be for, for the luxury tax, and we don't know what kind of a game changer you know these new TV rights are going to be. Where you know the Warriors with the amount of money that they make, I mean they're just printing money over there at the Oracle, you know, at their, their building. So 
maybe they can, but I mean, I I think people are right to, to believe that Draymond's not going to be with this team much longer. I mean, I think he will be there this year, but I don't know about next year and probably not the following. Yeah. I think I think that's fair. I think that I think that's a reasonable expectation. And it seems weird to think like, oh my God, Steph and Clay are still going to be a part of this team, but Draymond might not, considering he's been so vital to their success. But you're talking about a guy that's getting close to his mid thirties that cannot shoot. You know, his game is not based on athleticism and they're hoping that he can be replaced by some of the younger guys that they have. It comes to Moody, Kaminga. So that, I think that's probably what they're going to be banking on, but we'll see where this goes. Yeah. Yeah. And, but what plays in his favor is that it's it's hard to replace somebody like him. It, it's not even just the on-court value. It's the, you know, ins and outs of the locker room and whatnot, even though that has obviously changed in the last last few weeks. Oh, yeah. But yeah. And I, I really don't think that that's going to be a problem. I think that Jordan Poole, you know, when he got in front of the media, he didn't want to talk about it and said, hey, we've discussed it internally. We've moved on. You know, he even said that he thought Draymond's apology to him was very sincere. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they're, they're going to move on from it. I, I don't think it's going to be a problem. I know some people want, want oh, my God, they're going to be looking at the body language and every little thing, you well, know. People and, won't want, want to see a problem there. But, no. the, but I mean, yeah. the, the, there will be some people that overreact to too many things. Sure. It's, it's the same thing that happens with, with Russ. In LA mm-hmm. right now. Every yeah. little thing. Oh my God, he wasn't in the huddle before the game. Like he's never in the huddle and he's done that for 10 years. Yeah. yeah. Oh my Classic. God, they had a huddle during, you know, during a timeout on the court where the guys were huddling together. I'm like, he was talking to the coaching staff and the referee right off screen. Yeah. I'm like, let's, no, let's, let's chill out here a little bit, everybody. Yeah. You're, again, we're not going to go down that road. You're just going to get me pissed off. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I I completely get it. More extensions, though. More extensions. Uh, so, yeah. When you talk about like the 2019 draftees, so the guys that got it, Zion, John Moran, R.J. Barrett, DeAndre Hunter, Darius Garland, uh, Tyler Hero, yep. uh, uh, Brandon Clark, Nasir Little, Jordan Poole, Kelton Johnson. Happy Kevin, for my guy Nas, by the way. Yeah, I'm happy and, for him because it's, he's he's had some health, you know, issues. Over he had the, the back the issue last year. Yeah, and he's he's a really talented player. He just needs to get through a season healthy, and he's he's really really somebody that I think can help them as one of those like very very like basically um, a, a perfect complimentary guy. Right. Yeah. And then um, the other guy was Kevin Porter Jr., who got a very um, sure did. And, and by the way, if I, if I if I may, the the video of Steven Silas reacting to Kevin Porter saying that he and the Rockets saved his life, uh, you have to watch that. It's just so the genuine emotion that came over Steven uh, when he was asked about that was great. Um, as somebody who covered Kevin Porter in his earlier years, um, it's just really nice to see him, you know, taking a, a better path and, and that the Rockets have done a good job of, of, you know, helping this young man along, uh, not even just on the, the basketball court, but in, in life in general. So it's just, it's 
good to see that. Glad to see that, you know, he's getting paid fully guaranteed money uh, in this first year. The, the contract is obviously, um, you know, has, has a number of dependent factors on it. Um, but, you know, just to see him get paid and, and that they're still investing in, in him and his growth and his maturation, is, it's, it's good to see. And, um, you know, Scoot's, Scoot's one of a kind. So, um, you know, it's just good to see, you know, KP getting, getting his money there. When it comes to the guys that did not get extended, was there anybody that stood out that you were surprised by? I didn't. Uh, Grant Williams. I, I mean, I think that's the uh, you know the elephant in the room. I think he's been like a very important piece to them because like I'm just thinking about their future, and you know that Robert Williams doesn't have the cleanest bill of health, and Al Horford's getting older, and I mean, he just came this year, but Blake Griffin's getting older. Like, I, Grant Williams is like your your go to guy at the five when those people aren't available and when they are in need of a matchup, you know, difference and whatnot. Like, I think that was really surprising to me that they couldn't come to terms. Maybe Grant was asking for a little bit more. However, like. I feel like he's a really important part of that Celtics team. Um, not the heart and soul like a Marcus Smart per se. I get that. But I, I feel like Grant's shown enough in the time he's been there to have warranted some money. Now, you know, P.J. Washington, that one doesn't really quite surprise me. He's had all kinds of different roles there. He's gone through, I think three coaches already in, in Charlotte. Like it's that one isn't exactly surprising to me. Uh, how about like Cam Johnson, just for the fact that, you know, you agree to grant Jay Crowder's request to look for a trade, but you don't, extend the guy who's replacing him that one kind of kind of also made me a little like okay so, that so one, probably th- probably those two the most grant and cam um but there are there, there are some in there that you think that could have gotten paid but you know it is it is what it is sometimes i think obviously this the situation going on with the sun's ownership had to play a, a part into the cam johnson situation there so uh, otherwise, I think that might have gotten done. But hey, when we talk about Robert Sarver, he wasn't known for always, um, you know, paying the bill, shall we say, mm-hmm. or going crazy. Um, I I am surprised about the Grant Williams one as well because he does play such a vital role, and if he has another good season, uh, somebody's going to overpay for him because okay. you know he's a wing that can shoot. You know that's that's the most valuable skill in the NBA right now are three and D guys. Um, so, you know, and, and remember we keep talking about the cap's going to go up, but they couldn't come to a number right now. But yeah, those, those would be the same guys probably for me that, that I would look at that, that kind of stood, I guess. I got one more. Matisse Thybul, I thought maybe was going to get done. It sounded like they were still talking up until, you know, the deadline, but they just couldn't figure it out. I got one more. Rui Achimura. Yeah. Rui Achimura. And I know that he hasn't also had the the best of luck in staying at the court, but he's still so. I, I feel like he's so young in his development process, and he just 
feels like his play style fits this style of of basketball in this league. And the Wizards are kind of at that like point where you want to invest in youth, even though you're trying to compete now. They're in a really odd. They're in a weird spot. The Wizards are. Um, you know, Barry. You extend Beal, or you you give Beal the supermax. You have Kristaps Porzingis there now. Um, you know, you have talent. Denny Avdia. I like. I like their talent. I do. I'm just a little bit more. Will Barton can play play the game too, but. There's a lot of in the middle with that team right now. There's a lot of in the middle with that team right now. So I feel like, you know, I guess it makes sense from a financial standpoint if they're, you know, if things don't work out this year or next and you don't want to strap yourself for more, you know, bad money. But Rui's a talented player and I feel like he's going to really prove himself this year if there's a year that he's going to prove himself it's going to be this year especially since we, we, we know all the drama coming off of the olympics last year that had to take a toll on him mentally and stuff like that i'm sure this season he's going to be so much more mentally refreshed we know how good he is as a, a playmaker he's a great mid-range shooter um and, and a decent defender too so I, I i think he is in store for a good year I think if you had said before last season that Cam Reddish wasn't going to get extended, people might have been a bit surprised. But he didn't have the strongest of seasons, and and he hasn't stayed on a team. He didn't stay on the Hawks. Like you know, like yeah. it's hard. You go to a new team, it's hard for you to negotiate an extension. Same with Nikhil Alexander Walker, for example. You know, he got traded all around and ends up on the Jazz. He's a, a talented young player. We've seen him have outbursts in New Orleans. But like he just doesn't have that trust, that chemistry uh, of a new organization. That's just that's just the the unfortunate truth. Like of those situations. Same with Romeo Langford. He could have been, you know, if he, who knows if he would have stayed with the Celtics last season. Um, if he could have shown something, you know, like that. When you get when you get traded, it's, it's not easy to get extensions. Yeah. It's not easy. By the way, so when we look at next offseason when it comes to players joining the free agent class, mm-hmm. so Cam Johnson, P.J. Washington, Grant Williams, they join uh, Nikola Vucevic, Miles Turner, Christian Wood, Jeremy Grant, Kyrie Irving, and then teams with player options that could opt out, Fred Van Vliet, James Harden, Chris Middleton, uh, Harrison Barnes will be unrestricted as well. Uh, Kyle Kuzma has a player option. And then Kristaps Porzingis, they, he has a player option. There will be 11 teams projected with salary cap space. That's a first. I mean, what we had, like four this year? <laughs> like, Something like that. So yeah. 11, hey, that's a third of the league. You'll take, you'll take it for some retooling yep. and some re you know some changes and whatnot now so, mind you yeah. there's some of those guys you're sitting there going well harden's not going to go anywhere middleton's mm. not going to go anywhere. middleton i think is going to opt in but i mean yeah. you you've got some solid guys in there like harrison barnes you know, jeremy grant miles turner uh kuzma you know he's got a player option where he'll probably get paid more money so he'll probably opt out so and then you know when it comes to guys like cam johnson and grant williams so i mean not the biggest of names, but some good, solid role players that are sure. going to get paid. Sure. 
Yeah, no, you're not wrong there, man. You're not wrong there. What was your most uh, of of those rookie extensions? Obviously, there's rookie max extensions like that, but the ones that were reported recently. Um, what was your contract that was like, oh, ooh, that's a lot of money. <laughs> you know, like, like uh, I know there were quite a few people that were surprised that, for example, DeAndre Hunter getting nearly $100 million, and we know that he's not been able to stay on the floor. But when he's gotten on the floor, he's been damn good. Yes. Uh, but, you know, he gets four years, $95 million. Like, and, and – you know, they just go out and trade for DeJounte Murray. They've got Trey Young on this huge contract. John Collins is on a big contract. We still see if we're he's gonna stick around there, or if they're gonna try to find a deal for him, you know, like um, but Hunter, you know, that surprised me a little bit that he got that much. Like I, I would probably see like 85, 80 million, maybe. Uh, just because of the health history, not because of the talent, because he is a hell of a talent. And he's right. still got a long way to go. Uh, you know, we know how good he is on the defensive end of the floor and what he was able to bring to that team. But, you know, he hasn't even cleared 62 games in a season yet. And, uh, that, you know, that's a lot to put in, um, for somebody that's, that's not on the floor all the time, but it's clear that Travis Schlank and Nate McMillan company, they, they believe in this kid and, you know, He's only going into, you know, his his fourth season and he's turning 25 in early December. So there's a lot of room to work with there and he could have a monster year with all the attention that DeJounte and Trey gets. He could. And he was the one that I was going to mention that that stood out as a surprise because we didn't think it was going to get done. And then right before the deadline, it was like, hey, this got done. You know, so they reported it like way late too. Because, way, like, yeah, it was one of those like it was like the fax machine got jammed going into the office or something. Don't mention fax machines to me, please. <laughs> as, a, as, a Cle- as a Cleveland Browns fan, please don't mention <laughs> fax machines to me. That's true. So, but yeah, that one that was kind of weird how late it went in. But yeah, I was I didn't think it would be that that big of a number if they got something done. I I thought it was going to be closer, like you said, like eighty eighty five, and for him to get. 95 to get almost, you know, that's what 24 and a half a year or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's, that's good money. Good for him. It's good money. But I, I guess, you know, even to contradict myself though, these numbers are getting higher because the salary cap's going to just bloom. Like, so that, so it, it, in retrospect, we might be looking at this like, Oh, that's a bargain contract now. 24, $25 million a year. That's a bargain contract now. Like, which is pretty crazy. Just looking back at average, salaries back even 30 years ago (laughs) like did you see that did you see some of mark stein's tweets about like how the highest paid contract in the nba in the 19 i think it was 1990 or something like that was hot rob williams on the Cavs. he was making five million dollars five million dollars a year it's crazy and i mean you know charles barkley resigns for tnt for a boatload of money more more than the mid-level exception in the for players that actually go on the court. Like, it's it's just nuts. But Good for Charles. I mean, he, he keeps oh, yeah, talking about retiring. Charles. And if he wants to retire, go for it. You know, but he assigns a, you know, he had three years left on his deal, but mm-hmm. he signed a 10-year extension that'll pay him at least $10 million a year. And it, it's all said and done. And I don't know what extras are on there or how this would work, but it could be as much as $200 million for those 10 years. Yeah, yeah. But point point being, like, 
you know, money is starting to be very, very, like, there's a lot of people that say, oh, he doesn't deserve this amount of money and stuff like that. But you have to just put it in relation with the salary cap, what percentage of the salary cap um, they're they're making. There, there's more than just looking at the the average annual value. Well, people say have to that. look at and this you have to look too. at you have to look at guarantees. You have to look yeah. at triggers. You have to look at trade kickers. There's all sorts. It, it is actually really interesting if you have a moment to dive into the CBA and into details of contracts when they are reported. It, it is fascinating to see what works with what and the rules around these things. It takes a little while to learn and get it, but when you're you know you you're in the you know the quote unquote industry for you know so long you start to pick up these little nuances and details of contracts it's actually really interesting well we keep talking about like the rights deals and how much the cap and everything is going to go up because remember it's a 50 50 split right now between players and and owners but the current deal right now that goes through next season it goes through the 24 25 season that pays $24 billion between the deals with ESPN and Turner Sports. There is already talk because streaming companies could get involved and really help drive up the price. I mean, that's why with the NFL being on Amazon Prime and making that deal, that has gotten, and those numbers, the ratings for that going well so far. And then on top of that, you also had Major League Baseball with a deal with Apple TV for Friday nights, and maybe they want to extend that relationship with baseball. But it's making streamers more interested in sports. It's going to be something to see if Adam Silver and the NBA actually say, hey, we're going to actually do it, even if a, if a streamer pays more. We've already seen some instances where streaming companies have said, we'll pay more money and leagues have said, no, we want to stay in traditional TV. We just saw that with the NHL. But there's going to come a time when they make that leap. And Apple TV, Amazon, and Google are all going to be in on NBA rights, along with ESPN and Turner Sports. And there's already talk that that $24 billion deal right now, that could jump all the way up to like 75 It's a lot of money. So when you hear these numbers about like, hey, you know, John Wall in the last year of his deal right now is going to make over $50 million. Well, there's going to be somebody that signs a deal where $50 million is going to be the first year of a deal. Yep. Where you're going to be talking about someone's going to be getting paid $70 million up a year. And up and up and up. And $70 million. Some, I mean, there's going to be somebody that's going to sign a five-year deal. That's going to be between three hundred fifty and $400 million, possibly. Yeah. Up and up and up and up and up. I mean, the you mid-level know? is going to be like $12, $14, 15000000 million. Yeah. It just, dude, it just keeps going up. It's, it's crazy. crazy. It, is, it is. It is crazy. Did you see, did you see the Clipper Vision thing? I thought that was really interesting. That was interesting. So basically, long story short. Steve Ballmer and the Clippers, they've become the first team to have their own streaming service. It's direct to consumer, and it's an option for their local fans. So what they're going to do is going to stream more than 70 games live in market, and what they're going to charge is, I believe, somewhere around $17.99 a month. And there's going to be some exclusive stuff on there, 
Um, <laughs> I don't know how much you want to listen to this, but there's in-game commentary at times from Steve Palmer. Uh, oh, man. <laughs> that, yeah, that one's going to be a little... Uh, you know. That's called Baller Vision, by the way. Yeah, I'll say there will be one called Bar Vision where they have Jamal Crawford, Baron Davis, Paul Pierce, Quentin Richardson, and Matt Barnes. Some Clippers legends on there. With guest appearances from Steve Ballmer and celebrity Clipper fans. Yeah, yeah. But uh, yeah, I mean, for 17 bucks a month, I, it's not that horrible of, a, of an idea because look at what, for example... Bally Sports is, you know, charging guys, charging fans and stuff like that. You know, they're at like twenty bucks a month, right? You know, uh, and that's only regional. It's not like it's like all encompassing across the nation. League Pass has gotten it right this year. They've dramatically lowered their price, right? And, and, and it's for made all games of the teams available. too. It's yeah. not just for one. Yeah, because they said, "Hey, everybody's paying so much money for all these different streaming outlets." And in you know you keep raising the rates. We're gonna lower the rates on ours, and we're gonna do it for where you get all of the teams. Mm-hmm. By yeah, the way, no. this Clippers package not only does it include like the traditional broadcasts and the Baller Vision we talked about, they have one called Court Vision, where you get augmented reality streams. You get one that's Court Vision mascot mode, new and enhanced animations, graphics, and special effects. I know you're gonna like that. Mm-hmm. Clipper Vision in uh, Spanish Clipper Vision in Korean Ooh There you go. You've got different options. Yep. It's uh do it in a different $200 for the season. For the season. So yeah, they, they about 17 18 bucks a month. Something like that, yeah. Yeah. That's it, it's honestly it's not that horrible. Oh, by the way, fans who subscribe will also receive a free limited edition LA Clippers jacket and regular season access to Bowie Sports Plus. There you have it. And okay, we're not being <laughs> we're not plugging Clipper Vision, but it's just a really nice idea. It's a cool idea. Do you want we the jacket? Admit. Do you want the jacket? Come on, you can you can I kind of do want the jacket though. Can I get How good of a jacket is it? It's got to be a nice jacket. I don't know, is it a hoodie? Is it a, like a, a thin raincoat? Mm, who knows? All right, we're getting off subject. <laughs> <laughs> this is what podcasting what color is, is it? for, though. Is people. it blue? We is did. it white? Is it red? Let, let, let's let's look at it this way, Brian. We did our predictions last week. This is the the yeah. screw around. Hey, let's have some fun because the the league's back podcast. That, sure, can that be the title of this? Yeah. Can that be the Why title not? of the episode? It's just ah, screw it. We did our predictions last week. We were just dabbling around today. I mean, I'm not really sure what else to 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 get into. I mean, we again we went into our predictions last week. Well, I we think- did some revisions this that you know this time around. I'm not sure what we can talk about other than wait to see what happens and then react to that. Right? Well, like we- that's part of it. I mean, I guess the big thing is like because there are. You know, there, as with every season, there's so many questions entering a season. And this mm-hmm. one, I think, is very unique. because and we, we did that there, one two weeks ago. Well, we, did we, the, could, we did the what's your biggest questions one two weeks ago. Right, but we sit here and we can see how competitive we think teams are going to be the start uh-huh. of the season. And yes. How quickly some teams might reverse course because of the prize waiting for them, you know, in the draft next year. How soon? But, like 10 games? You're going to be people... Who, they, they 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 will evaluate their team in ten games and say ah uh, you know um, 
yeah, I don't think we're going to win this year. Yeah, I don't think so. <laughs> so, I mean, that's the thing. It's, I think what, what really stands out to you over the first couple of weeks of the season, what you're, what you're going to be looking for. What I'm looking for, I, I want to see if, if my hypothesis is true. I want to see if there's not going to be a winless team in the first two weeks of the season. How about that? Hmm. Or maybe maybe two weeks is not long enough. It, let's go three weeks. There won't be a... Well, oh, three weeks, you're, you're cheating a little bit. Come okay, on. fine, fine, fine. All right, yeah, let's go two weeks. We'll go two weeks. Like, I truly believe that this is a season where we're not going to have a super amount of wins on top in each conference. I, it's going to be like 53-54 that gets the job done in both. Like, I, and I don't think that that's that out of pocket to guess. So last year, you had the Suns who were 64 and 18. The Heat won the East at 53 and 29. This is why I laugh at all the people that make their predictions. Oh, they're going to win 60 games easy. There was one team that won 60 games last year. <laughs> like, 60 is a lot. In any 60 season. is a lot, man. It's a lot. So, no, I mean, it would not surprise me if, both conferences, 51 to 53, got the job done for the top seed. I think there's going to be a team that wins 56 games. I and think it's not going to be the Lakers. No. <laughs> we'll see if the Lakers win 37 games. Uh, but I, you know, I, I think there's a couple teams in the East that will win mid 50s. But I don't think anybody's getting the 60. I don't think anyone's getting in the mid-50s. I don't. I really, they're just going to be beating up on each other, man. They are, but we never know when it comes to injuries. We never know when how the schedule you works. You make a good point there. Who you're facing. You know, the schedule could break for you in a certain way where you're taking on a really good team on a back-to-back, and they go, oh, this is the night we're going to, mm-hmm. you know, give so-and-so the night off. Things like that. Yeah, yeah. So, but I mean... And there already are injuries that are impacting some of these teams off the rip. Like you have Chris Middleton on the Bucks; he won't be playing. There's some, you know, rumblings around Seth Curry and Joe Harris being either not going to play early in the season for the Nets, or they're going to just be ramping up in action. We saw the Dennis Schroeder news; he's got the thumb injury; he's going to miss three to four weeks already. Um, and Russ has a tight you know, hamstring. He's going to play, but Lamella we'll Ball's hurt for the horn. You know, like there's a lot of injuries already that have come off of camp, which sucks. But it's just kind of the right. reality of the situation. Lonzo sometimes. Ball, as we all know, recovering from surgery still. So yeah, both ball brothers. I didn't even realize that. That's, yeah, see, that's nuts, man. But like, so those things are also you know very impactful, and that's important. Off, off the jump here to to get off to a good start and to have those kinds of injuries kind of puts you behind the eight ball already. Robert Williams with the Celtics. Yeah, dude. Like, you could literally go down the list. They're, Did you see the report today that Sham said that he got, um, like, the, the, the platelets put in his knee and they, they don't expect So him. it's more severe than they initially thought. Well, they're doing that to help with recovery, I guess, or something. But they said he's going to probably not be back until at least the second half of the season. Wow. Like, it could be past January. Jeez. I was like, whoa. That's that's really... That's important. Shoot. Very important. Hey, I mean, he, Blake he is Griffin, the welcome. Step up to the plate, man. 
Blake Griffin and Al Horford. That's going to be their their front court. Obviously with Grant Williams, but yeah, that's Luke Cornett. Step up to the plate, my man. How long until Danny Ainge starts telling some of his players on the Jazz like, I think that you have a sore knee tonight. How about that back? That's been troubling you, right? That's been troubling you. I don't think the icy hat's going to fix it. I think I think you need a night off. Very very loose interpretation of the rules. I'll say that. Yeah. Shoot, another injury I was forgot too. Like Jaron Jackson Jr. Oh, Grizzlies. he's that's out a for huge, a huge. You know, that's yeah, a but huge. He's going to miss what at least the first month and a half. Yeah, like they're quite a bit actually. Now that I'm like thinking about it and staring at these teams, like there's some really significant injuries. No. Well, and I mean, missing the, missing parts. The couple of things that really stand out to me that I'm going to be looking for are can teams like the Nets and the Warriors kind of put behind them what happened this offseason and move forward. I think for the Warriors, I don't think it's going to be a problem. I don't think it will be for the Nets either. But that one I have a few more questions about. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to bring them up again, but if the Lakers get off to a slow start, what the hell happens? Seriously, oh because so the, they can't have that. They can't have that mindset, though. They have to be they confident. Can't. They have to be the ones that play hard and realize that they've got to set the tone for the season. Well, I think we all believe that. that no, no better way to do that than with a W right. tonight. By the way, uh, unless by a miracle that. There is a fit with Westbrook on this team, and they win. But I think we all believe that sooner or later, and probably sooner, that Russ is going to be traded. But if they get off to a slow start, that is just going to give other teams continued ammunition to say, we want both of those future first-round picks to hold that over L.A. When they are hoping that some of these teams are going to come off demands. Maybe there's going to be some other offers that weren't there or not there now and say, oh, now you want to make that offer and it's not going to cost us both of our first. So that's why it's so important, I think, for the Lakers to get off to a strong start here. I'm not saying that they've got to win seven of their first eight. But they got to be at least 500. If they, if they get off to be able to tell, too, by their competitive spirit. If they're two and five, two and six... And then say the Pacers get off to a 500 start mm-hmm. because we've been that they've been tied together for so long. They have. You're not going to get. I mean, do you think the Pacers are going to come off their price? Yeah. By the way, can we real quick when it comes to the Pacers, can we talk about what an unbelievable deal the Celtics got Brogdon for? Yeah, dude. They gave up five bucks and a ham sandwich to get this guy. And, you know, he might end up starting for them, but he's going to play a vital role for the Celtics, whether he's starting or coming off the bench. Probably coming off the bench, if I'd assume. And, and, and unless unless this Williams injury has them, has Joe Mazzullo thinking, you know, maybe we try him out and, and play a little bigger. The you know. lineups with him so far have looked great. But, I mean, regardless, he's going to play 25, 30 minutes a night. Sure. And he's going to be a big part of that team. And they got him for almost nothing. Yeah, that was impressive. I got one more note before we get out of here, okay? One more note. And it's really cool. Uh, My guy, Mark Posen with the NBA, shared this with me. um, And uh, it's, it's really cool. 
So you know how much I get geeked up over international play and how global the game has been getting. I actually just did a a conversation uh, with Samantha Englehart, who's the vice president of global strategy and innovation for the league. Um, it's a growing game. You know, the, the NBA, they went over to Japan in the preseason. They went over to Abu Dhabi. Uh, next, you've got Paris, Paris, I believe, and and they've got Mexico City. You know, there's all sorts of global reach with this league. And here's a stat to really illustrate how global it's getting. This isn't even a fan stat. This is a league stat. A record 120 international players for the first time. Uh, first time in back-to-back seasons, they've had at least 120. And every single team has an international player, at least one. Uh, There are 22 players from Canada, 10 from Australia. The Raptors have eight international players and lead the league in that. Uh, It's incredible to me how much talent is coming from all around the world. And it's going to continue because we already know about Wemby. We know about Victor Wembanyama and how he's going to be the big number one pick next year. That's already essentially set in stone. But just the amount of ties that these players have to different countries, different nations, cultures, all that is so freaking cool to me. And it just speaks to the volume of how good of a job the league has done in expanding their reach all these years. It's been nine straight years where the league has had at least 100 international players. And there used to be all these tropes about how drafting guys from overseas, they're soft, quote-unquote, you know, like, and, uh, you know, there's there's nobody developing the game better than, than you know, we are here in America. And it's, it's just such a bigger world than people realize. And there's so much influence around the globe in this place. And Basketball Without Borders does an amazing job of it. NBA Academy does an amazing job with it. I'm lucky enough to have interviewed Josh Giddy last year or two years ago about the NBA Academy, and then I followed it up and interviewed Dyson Daniels about it and how good of a job the league is doing to reach into that development and that young stage of these players' lives, develop them through these programs, get them to talk to people veterans, coaches, executives, and you're seeing the impact of that now. Like, these Basketball Without Borders, <laughs> these alum are insane. DeAndre Ayton, Shea Gilgis-Alexander, Joel Embiid, Rui Achimura, Jamal Murray, Jonas Valanciunas, Dyson Daniels, Ben Matherin, Josh Giddy. Like, these are big freaking names and it's just going to continue to happen. So I just wanted to share that because I think I think it's so cool to see how like bigger it is than just here. It's incredible. I mean, to see how big the game has grown and how much, especially over the like the last you know twenty years, what an international game it is. By the way, speaking about that, have you watched the Redeem Team documentary on Netflix? I have. It was great. I I, I really enjoyed it. I really enjoyed it. I truly did. Oh. I mean, you could see right there that, I mean, that, that really talks about like the growth of the international game and how the U.S. had to change on the fly when it came to, you know, it's the roster. They were skilled. They, they, they had individual skill, but the other teams had 
had chemistry. They had a a it's five on five. It's not one on one. I think one of the quotes was from one of the guys from Argentina. You know, like they those. It was a really nice in depth look at how they played so together that it's about team, and that's what makes all these players so talented is that they know how to play with other guys, and it's not just all about them. Absolutely. I mean, it's it's a really good doc. I mean, there, mm-hmm. there's always some things maybe that get missed, and there's but there's a lot of good things that that uh, that came out in that. And I thought it was a really fun watch. It was. It was. And again, it, it's kind of taught you um, also just about how, like, the other countries were just, like, fed up with, you know, the dominance the USA showed and wanted to... You know, stick it to him, and it was great. You know, you saw all the talents that were on. By the way, looking at that Spain team, just seeing like all of these big names, like it was all was awesome. Like the big names that weren't big names at the time yet, like just seeing Rubio on the bench. You had like Calderon, uh, Juan Carlos Navarro, both Gasol brothers. Rudy Fernandez was a nice little throwback to see him there. It was it was cool. It was a cool little document, but. Just, just the international influence on the league is just incredible. I mean, forty countries, like that's just crazy. Oh yeah, you know, and uh, it's funny because like one of the, the the clips that they used to tease this was the uh, infamous Kobe telling his teammates he was going to run through Pau Gasol. Oh, it was so good. And then you saw it, you're like, oh. Like I, you don't remember. He did. He that. went right through him like he was a damn uh, dummy on the on the football oh, field. He tried to murder him, dude. He in front he of everybody. Really gave me shoulder checked him like crazy. Shoulder? Man. There was no shoulder. That was just boom. I mean, that was body. Everything he had right into his chest. Oh, it was full speed. I was just saying, like, gave him like a shoulder block, kind of like you'd see in incredible a wrestling he, ring. You know, just destroyed Pau Gasol in the first play. Went right, told everybody he was going to run through the screen. That's exactly what he did. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, that was in the first meeting. That was not the championship game. But that was not know, the but like incredible. Ooh, he is right, man. But that that was that was a, a, a fun doc to go back and and relive that that era. Sure was, man. Too bad they didn't have anything about when um, LeBron and D Wade and Bosh were also scheming to play on the same team. Didn't have to talk about that part. Don't have to talk about. <laughs> Did that they get part. that footage? And that D Wade Lebron as executive producer said, "Don't include that." <laughs> Don't include. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I think that's a good note to end it on there, Bry. We're starting off the 2022-23 season with a bang tonight, Tuesday, October 18th. First, we got the defending Eastern Conference champion Boston Celtics hosting Joel Embiid and the 76ers. Followed up by Brian's famous Lakers going to the Bay Area for ring night, trying to play spoiler in game one. So we got a couple great matchups to look out for tonight as things kick off in the NBA. And then we are full speed ahead Wednesday. Got a ton of matchups to look out for. Woo! We are back. We are back. No more trade talks, hopefully, for at least two weeks. Can we give it two weeks just to just watch things play out and then we can get into all that because you know it's going to come as soon as overreaction week happens you know all kinds of fun if you want to call it fun but yeah no for keeping it 94 this is what we do talk basketball and we are ready to go rearing to go watch these games tonight i have to say go guards as well beat those yankees that's happening literally in 15 minutes after we record this so 
Perfect timing on your part here, Brian, and, of course, uh, myself. We are keeping it 94. We are on Twitter, at Spin Davies. He is on Twitter, at Brian Fritz. I am on Instagram, at Spin Davies. He is on Instagram, at It's Brian Fritz. Make sure you subscribe to our podcast. You rate our podcast. You review our podcast and interact with us on Twitter. Our Twitter handle is Basketball News Without the A. That is where you'll find all of our content. Basketballnews.com, interviews, features, all the good stuff. I already got one lined up for Sunday, and it's in person. I'm looking forward to it, man. Wizards in town against the Cavs. Cannot wait. And it'll be Donovan Mitchell's first game as a Cav in Cleveland. That place is going to be rocking. And there's a possibility that an ALCS game could be happening right next to it. So going to be a crazy day in Cleveland on Sunday. Can't wait for it. Make sure to listen to our other podcasts, rate, review, subscribe to those as well. The Dunker Spot with Nikias Duncan and Steve Jones Jr. The Alex Kennedy Podcast with Alex Kennedy. The Rematch with Aton Thomas. Dishes and Dimes with the ladies. And of course, the Rex Chapman Show with Josh Hopkins. All kinds of good stuff. Go to our YouTube page. Go to our website and just consume all of it. We're going to be here all year, folks. It's going to be a hell of a ride. Glad to have you with us. And until next week, when we are way off and running into this campaign, we'll talk to you then. Enjoy the basketball, folks, and go Guards! Go Guards!